So hello, everyone. I want to thank you for listening to Locked on Guardians. Uh, I'm your host, Jeff Ellis, as I am every day when it comes to this podcast and have been since the beginning of this very podcast. Uh, before this, I was a lead draft and prospect analyst for Scouting 24-7. And before that, I wrote for Indians Baseball and Indians Prospect Insider and just about every Cleveland sports blog there is out there. I want to thank you for making Locked on Guardians your first listen, free and available wherever it is you get podcasts. And also to tell you that today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more pops, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So I totally missed <laughs> Naylor flying out there, doing all the stuff to start the show. Right, listen, this is rough with Hendrickson. This is a rough game. It's it's hard to get too upset, in my opinion, uh, with this game, just because your starter leaves after the first. And Savali had pitched better of late. We've talked about it. I don't know what the role for him is. He's got elite spin on two of his pitches. Uh, but this year, I mean, he struggled out of the gate. And then health. Like, this is a player that has never held up. And that's where part of me kind of wonders, and there's strikeout number two. Not looking good for a comeback. I mean, before I finish the first segment, this game is looking like it'll be over. Not much fight in the offense today. But we'll get into all that. But with Savale, there's been constant injuries just from the start with him. Uh, coming through, every he's missing you know starts every year. Coming in the minors, in the majors, does not matter. It has been a bit of a struggle for him. And maybe... He plays up in the pen. You know, I brought this up before. He's got the pitch mix to do it. And honestly, uh, if I'm, you know, going back and being fully disclosing things, it's like that's the role I thought he'd be from the beginning. I thought his fastball slider combo, you drop him in the pen, let it play up. Uh, so, well, yeah, sometimes I pat myself on the back about Eli Morgan. I tend to be very quick to be like, I don't know if this guy's going to work as a starter, move into the pen, move on. The problem for the Guardians is sore right wrist, I want to say, for Savale, or just sore wrist. Um, my cats are going crazy up there. I apologize. Uh, Pilkington become your fifth starter. Listen, he's been a borderline player. Like best case, he has been a very borderline player. Uh, him starting every fifth day is not ideal. Could they? Oof, Nolan Jones trying to uh, take the major league home run lead with that swing there. That one was ginormous. But with what they have. Peyton Beatonfield, I think most of us thought would be up there right now, but him and Nick Miklojak have really struggled this year. It's not There's been inconsistency in both of their games, so there's no rush to add them. Uh, Joey Cantillo is maybe an interesting player I brought up on Twitter that you can say my co-host wants to come, come on the show here. He has some thoughts, I guess. It's like, do you go with Cantillo? You know, it's an idea. Uh, you know, My buddy, the Mad Thinker, pointed out when I brought this up that he pitched all of 12 innings last year. I believe he pitched on in Arizona, though. I, I don't think... Wasn't he one of the players who got sent to Arizona, so there might have been a few more innings. Maybe I'm wrong. And there's... <laughs> that ends the game. Call it strike three. Guardians lose two in a row. That is a losing streak after the losing the second game of the doubleheader uh, yesterday after... I mean, I, I won't go into it. I wouldn't do enough yesterday uh, where it felt like they just didn't try their best to win that game. And then we'll leave it at that. Guardians lose this one. Uh... Again, you lose your starter in the first. You don't expect to win, but, I mean, kudos to the entire pitching staff. A 2-1 loss, it's not really on them. Uh, we'll talk about Henches, of course, who has just come un- undone. I mean, he's come off the rails in the last month or so. I We talked about it a little bit before. He is not someone who has a fastball that moves a lot. It's always been, like, big velocity, but it's been kind of a flat pitch, and that's why it didn't work great for him as a starter. 
you would think that like the effectiveness he had earlier in the year wouldn't be affected uh, because there's been so much tape on him. Everyone already knew what he was. I, I have no idea what's going on, but uh, right now he's he's poor. Like he, not as poor as Brian Shaw, but right now those are two of the worst relievers in the pen in terms of success and effectiveness over the last few months. Uh, again, I don't know who the obvious answer is to fill in if they need a fifth starter. I, I don't. I don't know where you go. Uh, they took Myers off. Uh, he was you know got traded to the Giants. Uh, he was supposed to be one of the options this year. Pilkington, obviously, has been one of the options. Morgan came in uh, as the first arm in this game to deal with the uh, the Savali injury. He pitched two. I don't think you take him out of the pen right now. So I don't know. It's it's a bit of a situation. That's where, again, like Cantillo's been awesome. He has not pitched in AAA uh, this year, so there's that. And he does, as you know, Matt Thinker pointed out, he's got a limited pitch count because nobody pitched in 2020, really, in terms of innings. And uh, he was hurt most of last year, so we had all that 12 innings last year. So I don't know. Um, the other thoughts are like Logan Allen, but he's really struggled in AAA, and his control has like gotten away from him there. Which, again, you know, I talked about that part can get into guys' heads, and I worry about that with a lot of young pitchers. Xavier Curry's look good up there, but I don't know if he's someone that they're going to consider adding to the 40-man at the end of the season. With the current state of the 40-man roster, He's not a top 15 prospect in most places. I don't know if he's someone they go out of their way to add when they have so many other players to consider. So I don't know if you add him now because then you'd have to take him off later. I think Cantillo, with what he has done, is a must-add. And again, I mean, honestly, this team needs to go out and consider trading for pitching, uh, acquiring someone who can help them because when Tristan's brilliant, he's brilliant. Plesak and Quantrell are four or five types. Savale can peak at about a three but he's more back end but he's had health issues uh health like i said it's limited him every single season and then shane beaver has been better than we have been giving him credit for like he had those early struggles and yeah the velocity hasn't come back but he in terms of effectiveness top five pitcher in the american league right now i don't know what the the obvious answer is you know daniel spino is another guy they need to add the roster but he hasn't pitched in forever hey cody morris pitched uh an inning in arizona today uh, one inning, two strikeouts. I saw that. So Cody Morris, you know, was supposed to honestly be the sixth man for this pitching staff, and he just threw for the first time all season. So Myers, they took off Morris, Pilkington. Those are your three additional depth arms. The next group of guys who you consider adding, uh, it's the guys who you'd have to add at the end of the season. It's the and again, that's why I don't think it's Logan Allen because they don't need to add him at the end of the season. And I think there's no way they do add him when they don't need to because of just the way things are set up with this roster right now. So it's Curry, it's Gaddis, it's Espino. Those are really the three starters. You know, Bat-wise, it's, it's Angel Martinez who's going to need to be added to the 40-man. Um, I know I'm forgetting other players, but like those are you know, kind of the names that immediately jump. Like I said, I know I'm forgetting people. You don't have to let me know. I, I don't have my list in front of me. But... Yeah, they don't have a ton of great options. Like it's probably going to be Pilkington, and he has been. I don't. He's looked like a depth arm, which is a valuable thing, but it's not a thing you want to see getting. You know, it, uh, you don't want a depth arm getting a start every fifth day. It's less than ideal. But then again, this is a team that is now below five hundred again had their TV announce crew say that this is a year that's about seeing about youth, not about contending. Uh, they're setting up that story right now, even though they're second in the American League Central, that they are, you know, 
I get it. They're the youngest team in baseball. It's a very talented roster of young players. I think they could do some damage if they, you know, got the right pieces there. I don't know if it's going to happen this year. And everything seems to be telegraphing for this team to, they're not going to make the big trade to get a starter. I'm confident in that. As much as I'd love to see them compile to go get something. And I don't see how they sell either. Like, you know, we talked about the Framo Reyes trade rumors the other day. That doesn't make uh, sense uh, either just from the perspective of a team that, you know, uh, they don't have any room. (laughs) What are you going to do, trade for a bunch of lot of tickets that are far away? Like, if you're going to make a trade, you almost have to trade from a depth to get something you need. It's it's a hard situation to be in. I don't know what the plan is right now. I don't know how they're going to approach it, but... I, we we love the starting pitching depth, and I've been on record on the show saying like their double A pitching staff this year is better than a lot of teams' entire minor leagues. But pitching doesn't always work out. You know, it's just pitching. There's no such thing as a pitching prospect. Tin snap or however it ends up coming together is a thing for a reason. That like pitchers flame out. Uh, Logan Allen was the safest pitching prospect they've had. Logan Allen, the elder, was the safest pitching prospect they've probably had in about a, in the last five to ten years. Uh, through three organizations, consistently a top 100 guy, had a plus pitch, and then it just didn't translate, right? It did not because the fastball wasn't good enough. And there's things like that. Now that we have spin data throughout the minors, that gets eliminated. But there is still uh, an ability for guys to fail. And that's why I still think no matter what is happening here, it's like, yeah, okay. If we're not going to go trade for Pablo Lopez, that's fine. I get it. He's going to be expensive, and there's some health stuff in his past. But sign me up for that uh, JT Brubaker Will Crow deal. Like if Pittsburgh's going to shop some guys, go go make that happen because right now Brubaker uh, would be in terms of war number two in the Cleveland Guardians organization. We're going to take our first break here, come back uh, and get into the nitty gritty of the game itself on today's Locked On Guardians. If you want something that stands out, if you want a piece of you know jewelry, engagement, uh, any type of jewelry. If it's fine jewelry or, you know, an engagement piece, you want to go to BlueNile.com. We've talked about them. It is original jewelry. Uh, It is not mall jewelry. It is not a jewelry piece where they are sitting there having the advertisements on TV trying to get everyone to buy the same piece. It is original jewelry for those big moments in life. Uh, And they have, you know, people there to help you 24-7. Jewelry experts available via phone or chat. That's how much they want your business. That's how much they care about your business. They don't want you to buy just an engagement ring from them. They want you to keep coming back. They want you to keep using them for all of your jewelry needs. And make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Locked On Sports listeners. Get $50 off purchases of 500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. Use code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging. They won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. Let's talk about the game itself. Let's get into the, you know, our, our things we go through in every game. Who reached base twice in this one? Well, you got one player. That was Ahmed Rosario. He had a pair of, uh, pair of hits in this one. We only had one extra base hit. That went to Owen Miller. And just one walk in this one. That went to Nolan Jones. Uh, he was in a cool, you know, a one walk, two strikeout game. That's that's exactly kind of the Nolan Jones experience uh, on some days. Jose Ramirez in 4 <laughs> This was announced today he's going to be in the home run derby. Am I the only one who's just a little bit concerned about that? Uh, How many guys does the home run derby like completely mess up swings? Like we have seen this occur so many times in life. And 
his swing isn't all the way back yet from his thumb injury that messed with things. I mean, I, I, he, they're saying he's completely healthy. I don't know. He's still definitely not the same guy he was before that injury. You know, it, I, that makes me nervous. <laughs> I get it. He's an all-star representative from Cleveland. He's, you know, one of the best hitters in the game. It's a chance to put him on the national stage, but man, Am I alone? Am I being crazy? Am I being too self-conscious? Am I not self-conscious? Am I being too uh, too nervous about something that doesn't really matter? Let me know what your thoughts are on Jose Ramirez being in the home run derby. Uh, you know, it was just they only managed the five hits and the one walk. So Rosario, Reyes, Miller, Straw, and Jones they reach base in this one. Uh, I forgot. I'm sorry, they had two extra base hits. Straw also had a double. I heard, totally had missed that one, uh, even though I had seen that earlier. So we'll we'll wait on henches. We'll do more of the box score bingo. Because they had, you know, Chicago is so bad defensively. They tried to really help. The, I mean, the Guardians only got a run in this one because of Chicago being so poor defensively. They had eight opportunities. That typically comes out to about two runs. Unfortunately, in this case, it was just the one run. Chicago had eight hits and two walks. So that's 10 opportunities. I didn't look to see. We didn't have anyone hit in this one, right? So they had 10 opportunities. That's closer to three runs. Like Chicago should have won this game, especially when the Guardian starter leaves after one inning. Uh, and he wasn't bad in that inning. And again, like Morgan, two innings, two strikeouts, no base runners. Awesome to see. And Yale, two innings, two hits, two strikeouts. That's great. Trevor Steffen, one in one third inning, one hit, two strikeouts. That's great. Emmanuel Classe, one inning, one strikeout. That's fantastic. The problem in there is Henches. Uh, one and two thirds of an inning, and he had three hits, two earned runs, two walks, and a strikeout. He's just, like, we'll we'll spend some time in segment three, and we'll talk about the minors in segment three as well, but I'm just knowing we're already going to have to push that into segment three to talk about what's going on with, with Henches, because he's just, he's not been the same guy for almost a month now when you get into those numbers. Uh, who are your three stars in this one? Uh, you give one to Ahmed because he reached base twice and no one else did it. Andy, an extra base hit. And then for me, after that, it goes to Morgan and Santos. They each went two innings and kept the Guardians in this. I mean, they allowed him to get to five with no runs given up. So to me, those are your three stars in this. It's Morgan, it's it's De Los Santos, and it's Rosario. And I don't think it's really up for debate after them. May, you know, let me know if I'm wrong on that. Uh, no one ever challenges my stars. I've noticed that. That is something that doesn't come up too much. No one ever challenges the stars. Like I said, this drops the Guardians to a game below 500. Uh, this is what... They were, I believe, 5-1 and one either before the doubleheader started or after Game 1. So now, I think that was after Game 1. They are 5-1 and one against the White Sox was something I'd seen. But now that, I mean, that doesn't feel right. Has it only been that few games? Uh, either way, I've now lost, you know, 2 out of 3 to the White Sox, 2-game losing streak. Fall a game below 500, and they lost a starter. It is not shaping up well for this Cleveland Guardians team uh, going forward. I... I don't want to get doom and gloom. I, I do, again, have some excitement for this bullpen because that's if this team's going to, you know, they, they're putting the pieces together. I still believe in Jose long-term. I 100% believe in him long-term. I believe you have at least one part of your up-the-middle combination with uh, with Jimenez. Jimenez? No. With Andres. We're just going to stick with it. Uh, Jimenez. With, with Andres Jimenez. So you have him there either at short or second. Uh, again, Rosario's problem is he's going to get expensive after this season. He's going to be a guy based, I, like I said, I think he's going to get close to eight to $8 million in arbitration. So I don't know if you have him be on this year. But Naylor looks like a keeping piece. 
uh, keeping piece. He looks like a keeper <laughs> first base. Uh, you know, I, I love Nolan Jones. I've been, you know, on his bandwagon for forever, but I mean, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and tell you Nolan Jones is here to stay. Like, I don't, I'm not going to say that about anyone after a weekend. Like, that's just it, the, going from AAA to the majors is so hard. No one is guaranteed to make that successfully. No one is. It just, it, it's the truth of the matter. No one is guaranteed, no matter how high their prospect uh, pedigree and success is to make that leap. Uh, that some of the greatest prospects of all time have failed to make that conversion. Stephen Kwan, I feel like, is set in one of the outfield spots. And listen, Miles Straw is played much better of late. He doesn't need to be great. If he can have like an 88 runs created plus, be a whole derivation below average, and he bats ninth with his defensive value and base running, you take that. That is a net win. Catching is just a black hole. It is awful. They are putting out, I mean, there have been pitchers who hit better in their catching combination. And, and that's one of those things, like the Shaw and Maley of it all, like Inyale was a minor league free agent. He was a minor league addition, and he's their best free agent signing. I don't know who they were bidding against for Shaw. He's, you know, already hit his first bonus. He's probably going to get over $4 million this year. And he's there because Tito wanted him. He was poor, and I mean legitimately bad, every single month after uh, June. He was poor the entire second half, and he was 34 years of age, and he was coming off of two ineffective seasons before that. So two bad years, two good months, rest of the season. Like, who was bidding for him? Uh, and if Sandlin and, and Karen Check rebound, then Shaw is someone you cut. Like, they're in a situation where you honestly have to consider Shaw not lasting the year with this team because they don't. you're going to send down the young kids for the guy who's here on a, a one-year deal, essentially. I think it is just one year. I mean, I have to go look. I think there's like a, a, a mutual option with the buyout or something. I could be wrong. But yeah, I don't... They did that for Tito. Shaw was awful last night. He continues to be... Listen, I loved Shaw first time around. I was the one like defending him to the to the death. He was a really good reliever when everyone else disliked him. His first time through, he was a rubber arm guy who was a very reliable, strong part of that pen. Uh, so it's crazy that I have to go the other way now because I was the one who defended him when he was here the first time. Because the first time through, like he, the reason he is, he, you know, his arm is not as good as it was is because he got overused terribly the first time he was here with Tito. And Tito relies on him and, and still thinks he's the same guy he was from, you know, five, six years ago. And he's just sadly not. Um, but I think, you know, we've seen three strong outings from Sandlin. We've seen, you know, 99's best outing in a year those guys rebound Shaw shouldn't be here you just don't have the spots to carry all of them so you look at this team right now and you know when everyone gets healthy when Ghost is ready to come back who are they getting rid of with their current pieces unless I mean they could the only other thing and we'll get into this again in segment three is maybe you send henches down we're going to take our next break, come back, talk about Sam Henches and what has turned into the no good, very bad uh, months of June and July for a guy who at one point in time looked like the second best reliever on the Cleveland Guardians. I was going to try to uh, get away from just doing the ad read, but here's the thing about Bet Online: Tomorrow's game against the Tigers is actually not up, so I can't give you a line and talk about it like it a year ago. I had someone say they kind of missed that version of the ad read. If you're going to have an ad read, make it inform uh, more informational. I will try to get back to those. 
But right now, I'm just going to tell you that BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports and developments, league reviews and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports, scores, podcast news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online, where the game starts. Speaking of where the game starts, uh, not going to pause or stop anything. Oh, you know what? I No, yeah, okay, I was recording through that whole thing. That's terribly written. Uh, <laughs> so Sam Henches. Let's talk Henches. Uh, he has now given up an earned run. I didn't pull up his game log. That's that's bad uh, pre-preparation by me. The last time he came in and give it up and earn run was July 2nd. Uh, you go back to June 26th and 28th. So let's see. Today is the 13th, right? So one, two, three, four, five straight ones having given up a run and seven of eight. Uh, he, before this stretch, he had a 144 ERA. It's now up to 418. It's been bad. Uh, just going through, if we come over here to fan graphs and I click on splits, now it's small sample size splits if we're looking at the as a reliever to begin with, especially this year, but just to get an idea of how it has gone for him month by month. Let's come down to those advanced stats and look, talk month by month in here. So his FIP in March and April, 0.44. May 240. Now this is where it gets interesting. June was actually a 584. So while things were low, uh, what had changed for him in June is his walk rate started to go up and his home run rate jumped through the roof. His FIP has actually been lower in July at a 504. Now again, this is the small sample size variance. Part of the reason it jumped so much is because the only home runs he's given up were in June. But the thing that stands out even more so far in this short period of July is those first two months he wasn't walking anyone. Now, Hench has always been a bit wild. Uh, he was never a plus command control guy. But what we're seeing here is t- uh, the opposing team is getting more patient. His K percentages are dropping by the month, and his walk percentages are just jump, jump, jumping. So the the video, the video, the tape is out on him, as it were. Now, his bat pip this month has been incredibly unlucky, unlucky at 533. Uh, he also, I mean, his his left on, uh, you know, the guys he left on base were unsustainable in June. That's part of the reason why his FIP was so bad. And if you go down, it's interesting. In a low leverage situation, he has a 311 FIP. In a high leverage situation, a 268. In that medium leverage, a 536. He's not been good. He's either good when he's up against the wall or has nothing at all. So yeah, it's it's just clear that teams are being more patient they're knowing that there's uh he will give up a walk and you know he had a walk in this game and that's kind of what we're seeing i was just kind of curious to look overall at the data his fly ball percentage has also gone up 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 hasn't been the home runs but every single month it has essentially gone up not counting that march april part but 12 and a half 25 33 and the ground ball which back in may was 75 percent then 57 is now down to 40 and his line drive percentage is also gone up by month so he's getting hit a lot harder as well so he is walking more guys and he's getting hit harder than he got hit earlier his hard hit percentage in may 6.3 
Next two months after that, 44.8, 46.7. So there was a degree of him being lucky. That just has to be put out there. There was a degree of good luck and now a degree of bad luck. I, I mean, right now, again, I think it would be a terrible decision when, when Ghost is ha- healthy to send down henches because he's struggling. Now, maybe it's not because look what they did for Sandlin down there. Like, uh, guys seem to get straightened out better in AAA than in Cleveland. I don't know if it's the pitching coaching or what, but I mean, Sandlin turned it around like that when he was down there. But at the end of the day, you want someone like, I mean, Henches is your left-handed reliever of the future. They don't have a ton of players that are an option for that role. They don't have a ton of lefties just in general in the system. There's Cantillo and there's Allen and yeah. So when I look at this, you want him to be successful. He needs to get those opportunities for success. I'm not yanking him out. Uh, I'm not giving up on on Sam Henches, but we do see why he has not been effective this year. Like it's pretty easy to look at that and you can see why he has not been as effective of a player. So talking about uh, effectiveness and players, I've been promising to talk some prospects for the past few days and we do have the time to do it. Micah Pyers has cooled down a little bit. He is still tied for second in home runs at 14. By the way, who is now tied with him? Will Benson. I don't know what to make of Benson. Uh, he has really done a good job of cutting down his uh, his strikeout percentages. And his he's got the, not only is he second in home runs, by the way, he's third in on-base percentage behind Jake Fox and Bo Naylor. Uh, some of those guys like Milan Tolentino have moved down the list. Now fourth, tied for actually tied with him for third is Alex Call. Uh, and Call had the higher batting average, and Call was seventh in home runs, just three behind. So, again, it's not always a direct, hey, they're destroying AAA. It is a very hitter-friendly park. But does Benson get a chance this year? I mean, maybe. Like, the thing about Will Benson, at the no, no matter what anyone has ever said, it has always been that this guy is one of the hardest workers, a great student, a great person. Like, he is a good dude. I would love for him to be successful. He is also ginormous at 6'5", 230, has that natural power. 253 average this year, 418 on base, 897 OPS, 14 home runs, 14 stolen bases. I don't know if he would ever hit higher than 210 in the majors, but the question is, could he hit 210 but still have, like, a 300 on base percentage while slugging close to 30 home runs? Like, there's a Rob Deere-esque profile, but with speed, could that work nowadays? I, I don't know. Like, I really need to, I'll go find a better comp. Rob Deere is like my go-to for like really low average and big uh, home run totals. I, I blame RBI baseball uh, and overplaying that as a child. But you go through uh, these lists, it's like, you know, we, we at some point we got to talk about Will Benson because he is performing extremely well. Uh, Angel Martinez, we talked about seventh and on-base percentage, one of those guys that needs to be added. Isaiah Green sneaking in there at nine. Going further, I was like the home run list. By the way, Bo Naylor is now in the top 10 on that list as well. So Naylor is top in on-base percentage. At one point, you need to add him at the end of the year anyways, right? He has to be added to this team at the end of the season. We're beyond a super two point. Maley is awful. I feel like if Lavastida was healthy, and this, this is what I think is going to happen, honestly. We'll see if I'm right or wrong here. Let me check some time. My view is they're not trading for a catcher. 
And that may not be what people want to hear, but I, they're not going to trade for a catcher. Because the unfortunate truth here is Lavastida is hurt. And if he was healthy, I think he's in the big leagues, and I think he's playing a lot. You know, He would have been the primary starter when Hedges was on the disabled list, and you wouldn't have had the whole trade for Sandy Leon. I think you'd be seeing him get more opportunities because they're going to have to have both those guys next year on the for, on the the roster essentially. I mean, you could they'll have options for Naylor and for Lavastida, so they don't have to be. But there's a good chance those two players will still be uh, will be the guys. And listen, Hedges has been terrible, but he still might have trade value. As weird as that is to say, you may not believe that. But remember, like uh, Roberto Perez immediately got signed for a few million dollars after what happened last year, and he was not very good anymore. Uh, catchers are hard to find. There, I mean, Jacob Stallings has been pretty awful for Miami since they did that trade. He is not the same guy he was a year ago. So I think at some point, especially if your view is this is a young team, we need to see what we have, then you got to see what you have with Lavastida because Naylor is just blowing the the wheels off of everything. I don't even know what, what expression I was going for there, but he's been so good this year. Like I said, he's top 10 in every category. And, you know, uh, to my buddy, I think it was James Ryder, uh, you know, uh, where I, I sometimes get too braggy. I took Naylor out of my top 10 prospects. He was so bad last year. I said, he, how can you make him a top 10? How can you put him over Lavastida when you look at their numbers at the same level? I want to talk about something I got wrong. <laughs> Very happily, was very wrong on Bo Naylor. He's honestly should be their minor league player of the year for the first half. That crazy talk. I know, you know, John Kenzie's got 25 home runs. George Valera has been fantastic. Will Brennan's decimated across two levels. Bo Naylor was, (laughs) many people left him for dead, myself included. Leads the team in on-base percentage, top 10 in home runs. I'm sure he's, yeah, top in OPS. By the way, number two in OPS, Alex Call. Three Benson, four Brennan, five Valera, six Angel Martinez, seven Micah Pyers. Might as well go through the top eight, and then John Kenzie Noel. Like that's interesting to just know those names in there and look at that. David Fry is popping up in a few points. Like he's barely caught this year. Let's be honest, but he's he's an interesting depth utility type. I don't know if they if he even has a shot to play for the Guardians this year. We'll see. Um, he's an older prospect, but I also don't know when he could grant you know gets minor league free agency. I'd have to look in that. Um, Benson leads the minors and walks by 11 over Jake Fox. But again, Jake Fox, probably someone you need to pay more attention to. And I need to pay more attention to in terms of these prospects. Uh, it's, it is a interesting offensive list. We didn't even get to the pitching. We will get into that in another episode. Pitching is always weird because you got to look at who's qualified and that kind of limits things. But, uh, yeah, I'll say this, the top two guys in the guardians minor league system, uh, have ERAs under two. So look forward to that discussion. I've been Jeff Ellis. This has been the Lockdown Podcast for this week. Remember to rate and review, download daily. It helps. We're up to almost a full circle, 360 subscribers on YouTube. So go do that as well. And as I end every show, go, go, Guardians, go.